0: Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit YourDiscipleshipCoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael.
1: Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Your Discipleship Coach partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life. This particular show will be a treat to all of you as we're going to talk on this topic of knowing God. And I have a dear friend of mine, someone that has uh, been an educator in my life that will be with us on the second half of the show you're going to love him. His name is Dr. Jim Bradford. So hold on to that as we look forward to the second half of the show. When I think about this idea of knowing God, what I thought I would do is share a little bit more about myself with you, my listeners, so you could also get to know me. And you have to know this about me. I am a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I saw a game in the old stadium, and one of my greatest memories—actually, it's twofold. Number one, my wife, actually, she would be embarrassed when she listens to this, but she spilt nachos and cheese all over her. And being the loving, supporting husband that I am, I have a picture of it. That was my win. It's so crazy. But but the other idea is the game that I saw— and I live in Chicago, is the Dallas Cowboys against the Chicago Bears. So I felt like I was in a win-win scenario. But clearly the Cowboys are my one team, and the Bears would be my 1A team. The Cowboys had a victory, and it was always good. But when the new stadium was built, I had a trip that I made to Texas, to Dallas, and my wife, for a Father's Day, bought me a tour of the new stadium. So I just want you to know, big Cowboys fan, and probably my favorite quarterback, goes back a little bit, was Roger Staubach. Now, some things about Roger Staubach worth knowing. He went to the U.S. Naval Academy. He won the Heisman Trophy while he attended the academy back in 1963. He played 11 seasons with the Cowboys and won as the Super Bowl quarterback, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback, twice he played in five Super Bowls, four of which he started as the quarterback. Now, something to know about Roger Staubach, as he was the first player to win both a Heisman Trophy and a Super Bowl MVP. Now, I told you some things about me, about the Dallas Cowboys, about Roger Staubach. And there are people in our lives that we know about. For example, we might know the name of someone, or whether or not they're married, or what job they have. We can describe what people look like because we know about them, but, but maybe we don't know very much about them. I know there are several people that are in small groups at their churches with other people, and they don't even know how many children others in their group have, or if they know how many, they, they can't name the names of their children. They, they, they miss some of the key interests of others. We might know about somebody, but we may not know what their strengths are. Outside of Roger Staubach being a great quarterback, I don't know what his strengths are. I don't know his fears. I don't know his favorite candy bar. See, we, 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 there are levels of knowing about or truly knowing someone. See, that's a, a difference I want us to highlight today. The difference between knowing about someone and actually knowing someone. Today, we're going to talk about knowing God. And we're going to be joined in the second half of our show with my friend, Dr. Jim Bradford. And we're going to talk about knowing God, not just about him, but knowing him. So let me talk to you a little bit about this as an illustration in my life. See, I know, not just about, but I know my wife. I know that her favorite flower is a daisy. I know the names of several of her childhood friends, even though i didn't meet her in, until college. I know that she needs time alone each day just to to regroup so she can be at her best i i I more than any other person on the planet know the certain marks that are on her body and her arms and her legs. I know that that what her vocational considerations were when she was in high school. And again, I didn't even meet her until college. I know about my wife, but I also deeply know my wife. I know that when we have deep conversations that her eyes sort of tear up, and I think it's just her value of, of intimacy that comes through an exchange of dialogue. What do I know, not just about, but because I know my wife, I know that vacations are her love language, and I know that she enjoys this kind of time, both with, with our kids, with our family, and, and we work at having family vacations, but also she enjoys these times alone with me. Here's what, what I, how I behave, because I not just know about my wife, but know her, is I'll walk while, while we hold hands. We've had a place, for example, we enjoyed a particular fondue restaurant, and that was our place. We, we loved walking downtown in a, in a local city here in the Chicagoland area and going to a particular chocolate shop. What we love is just time together. Now, I treat Roger Staubach and my wife completely different because I know about Roger, but I know about and I deeply know my wife. We have memories that we've built together. For example, I remember being in college in the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we were trying to turn. We made a wrong turn, and there was one-way street after one-way street after one-way street, but they were all going the same direction. We couldn't get back to where we were going. It's a memory. We have a memory that it rained on our wedding day. Uh, We have memories of sitting on the deck of a cruise ship or having a particular spot in Mexico when we take cruises. For example, before the big hurricanes, we had a spot. But after it was destroyed, we have a, a new spot. We have inside jokes, inside language. We have our song. We ha- She's my best friend. See, I, I know my wife. A great author, J.I. Packer, wrote a book called Knowing God. And he covers two thoughts. One, he covers what it means to know about God. But secondly, he he covers what it means to know God. I think of the verse from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me because when you seek me with all your heart, because you will seek me with all your heart. See, God wants to be found by you. God wants you to know him. In the New Testament, John writes, chapter 17, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent the point is that we know God the one true God God desires that we open ourselves to him God wants us to be vulnerable not just to know about him but to know him James says it like this draw near to God and and God will draw near to you it's relational the psalms advise this approach search me o god and know my heart Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. The idea, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, is that we do more than just know about God. We we must do more than know about the scriptures. God is calling us to truly interact with him relationally and know him. I've synthesized this line of thinking that discipleship is not... Meant to be a tell and be told model. If discipleship were only tell and be told, it would only be a sermon, it would only be a Sunday school class, it would only be telling and being told. But discipleship is a model of knowing and being known. It's about knowing God and allowing us to have confidence that God knows. Who we are, but it's even more than that. It's relational with God, but it's relational with other believers. That we know other believers and are known by them, and we we inter- interact as as iron that that sharpens iron. As we get ready for the second half of the show, we have guests with us, Dr. Jim Bradford, and he's going to unpack some more thoughts about knowing God. And to set us up for that, I just want you to to meet him before we go to break. So I think, Dr. Bradford, you're on. And I just want to say, first of all, thanks for being on the show. It's so great to have you with me today.
2: Michael, what a privilege to be with you. And uh, what a great podcast you do. Thank you for always speaking into our lives the way you do. And uh, this is great just to chat again.
1: Well, to God's glory, in, in the next maybe... Forty-five, sixty seconds. Would you just, for my listeners, introduce yourself to us?
2: I presently pastor at Central Assembly in Springfield, Missouri. Prior to that, I served for nearly 10 years as the General Secretary, one of the corporate officers for the National Assemblies of God in the United States. And uh, my All my background, educationally, was in engineering, in the aerospace engineering field from the University of Minnesota, so I sort of backed into pastoral ministry, but uh, it's my privilege to occasionally teach a class adjunct at the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary here in Springfield, and that's where I got to know you, Michael, and uh, always great uh, when we're in class together.
1: Well, thank you for that, and I hope my listeners caught that you have your degree in aerospace engineering, so not only are my listeners. They're not just listening to a great pastor and a thought leader in our fellowship here in the Assemblies of God, as you've mentioned, and really in the Christian world, but we're talking to a rocket scientist today. So I'm so glad to have you on, uh, Pastor Jim. And we're going to take a break here in just a second, and we'll do an interview. So I thank you right now for listening in. Uh, to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I want you to get ready for the second half of the show as we interview Dr. Jim Bradford. You're listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. We're back. Thank you for staying tuned to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And today, we're talking in this episode about knowing God. You just met my friend and our guest, Dr. Jim Bradford, and we're going to get right into this. Dr. Bradford, I've heard you speak... Uh, several ways. And when you speak about God, you often expand your explanation beyond the fact that he just exists. But there's a relational element to God. I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit for our listeners today.
2: I love the way Hebrews chapter 6 defines faith for us. Sometimes faith can seem a little elusive. It's obviously trust, and trust in the character of God. But But there, um, the writer of Hebrews says, without faith it's impossible to please God, because Mm. he who comes to God must, as you just mentioned, believe that he exists. And and then he may exist, but what kind of God is he? Well, he's a responsive God. He's not only real, but he's responsive to us. For he also responds to those who diligently seek him. Mm. So faith is believing in God and trusting this about him. Uh, believing He exists and trusting that He's responsive, that He comes back to us. Um, I I love the book uh, written by Francis Schaeffer many years ago. He was perhaps one of the greatest Christian philosophers of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book where I think the title says it all. He is there, and He is not silent. And so we have a God that has presented himself to us as not only self-existent, not only powerful, not only our creator, but he is himself one who is responsive to us, and he's not silent. Unlike the God of the deists, uh, he is a God who both interacts with us and speaks to us. And so, you know, in that um, Jeremiah 29 passage, so many of us Mm -hmm. love that verse. um, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And uh, in the very next verse, he says, and you're going to seek me, and I will listen to you. That's amazing. And then two verses later, he reframes it, and and, and he actually puts it this way. He says, you're going to seek me, and I will be found by you. It's like God says, I'm going to make myself findable. I'm going to make myself knowable to you. And this this is all out of, of course, being created in the image of God, and part of that is His capacity to actually have a relationship with God, to know God, uh, and uh, and and this this sometimes is not the center of our spiritual life. I, like, I love the way you you put it, Michael. Mm. You know, the heart of discipleship is not tell and be told, mm. but it really is when it comes to God, it's knowing and being known by him. This is more than just keeping the rules. This is more than just doing all the right things. This is this uh this journey of actually getting to know God's heart, getting to know his mind, being filled with his spirit. This is a very intimate relationship.
1: It's so amazing that God responds to us. He's not silent. And I love how you're leaning into the reality of knowing God and being known by him And I'm curious what your thoughts are on how can created humanity enjoy this kind of interaction and relationship with with God?
2: You were mentioning in your excellent uh, monologue in the first half of the show, Michael, that you you actually referred to the three building blocks of intimacy. Hmm. One was time, and then the next one was communication. And so they build on each other. First of all, you give someone time and then you communicate. You get to know each other better. God's communicated to us through His Word and Spirit, and He invites us to communicate about everything in our lives. And then towards the end of the monologue, you mentioned the third building block, that sometimes we skip over. It's vulnerability. Hmm. It's time, it's communication, and it's vulnerability that create human intimacy. Hmm. And it's the same with God. In fact, Paul says in his blessing he gives to the church at the end of the second letter to the Corinthians, he says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit mm. be with you. And and this is, that, that word fellowship, it's, it's in the Greek koinonia. It's a very richly textured relational word. Mm. I think a koinonia is that glow in my heart after a great night with friends. Mm. It, it's like... Um, You've been free to be who you are. Vulnerability is not risky. Uh, There's communication. There's time together. All the things that make for depth of relationship. And Paul picks up on that word, and he says, you can walk day by day in the koinonia of the Holy Spirit. We can actually have a relationship with God that's vulnerable, that's honest, that's communicative, two-way communicative. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes we don't give him much time. He's got all the time in the universe, but we don't sometimes give him much time. But he does want us to be set apart just to get to know him, to walk with him, and and to become vulnerable uh, because he does allow for broken, painful things to happen in our lives. And that especially is where our relationship with God can deepen.
1: This is so powerful. You're listening in right now, at your discipleship coach, and I'm with my friend and guest, Dr. Jim Bradford, as we talk about knowing God. And I think we have just a nugget of gold as we even think about building a relationship with the Lord to invest time to to communicate, which involves both listening and talking, but the vulnerability. Thanks for, for clarifying that. How would you, Dr. Bradford, help us think about, Taking our relationship with Christ from surface to a, a more deepened relationship with with our Creator, I found
2: that many uh, many people they're sincere-hearted. They receive Jesus into their lives. Of course, it all starts with that core decision that Jesus made in the in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not mm-hmm. my will, but Your will, Lord. Uh, you know, and that's the bottom line of our lives. It's gonna be Your way or God's way in your life. You have got to settle that. Got to repent of, of all the your way stuff and the sin and, and surrender. It's not gritting your teeth and trying harder. It's just surrendering oh. to God's way in your life, surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit. I worry that we talk about commitment way more than we do about surrender. Mm-hmm. Commitment can be a lot of teeth-gritting work on our part. But this needs to be Jesus-like formed in us. This needs to come out of paying constant attention to Jesus. So it starts with surrendering him to him. That may involve repentance. It may involve Mm. reconciling broken relationships in obedience to what he asked you to do. But it it all starts there. And then the next step would be not to try to um, do all the Christian things like a list where God's not going to be happy with me unless I check off the
1: boxes. That
2: would be like me saying to my wife, she's not going to be happy with me unless I make the bed and do all the right things. Mm. And you know what? That'll just, that'll deplete your soul if you're just always trying to check the boxes off. Everything we do for the Lord has it as goal of connecting with his life, connecting with the life of Jesus. Mm. And so you reframe even spiritual disciplines from being duties to being doorways into God's presence,
1: I love that doorways instead of duties. And you know, here's some things I just want to summarize as people are listening: the the Christian life is not about checking boxes, but it's about knowing and being known. And I love what you just said about kind of the contrast of trying harder. I mean, because w- it's not by works that we're saved, right? It's not by our mm-hmm. effort, but the surrendered. Life, And I know we had another question or two planned, but I just would, would how, how, how do you contrast the, the, the trying harder versus the surrender? I'd love just one final thought on that.
2: Um, the, uh, you know, commitments like sitting in the driver's seat and mm-hmm. uh, you still have your hand on the wheel and you're, so you know where you're, you're still controlling where you're going to be committed. You still have your, your foot on the gas pedal, how committed you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, surrender is like shifting over into the passenger seat, letting Jesus sit behind the wheel. And for me, it's often saying, Lord, the pressure is on you. And you know what? It's just not me getting everything right every day. It's me being in relationship with you and letting you drive the car of my life. And I'm, I'm not going to take the pressure on that. I'm just going to yield. I'm just going to follow you. And I, I, I'm not going to check off boxes to get brownie points from you to somehow try to make you love me more or not. That has nothing to do with grace. But it's just letting him be in the driver's seat, uh, and I, I, I'm i surrendering by just following him. And we just kept our attention on Jesus and just keep following him and keep the pressure on him, not us. Um, that's been really transformational for me.
1: This is so powerful. to so just think about this. I hope you're hearing this message with Dr. Jim Bradford today, that it's not about getting it all right. It's just really about knowing the right one, letting God be in the driver's seat. Hey, I want to ask you as you listen today, if you've ever thought about receiving some coaching. And if you have, you can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and click There's a link on a free coaching readiness questionnaire. You can click that and we can assess your readiness to receive coaching and reply back to you. But I want to thank you for listening in today. And I hope that you visit us at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Follow us on our social media and just engage with us. I thank you for listening to Your Discipleship Coach. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. You've been listening today on a show about knowing God with rocket scientist and special guest, friend and pastor and educator, thought leader, Dr. Jim Bradford. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Bradford. It's been such a pleasure. And I thank all my listeners for listening today to your discipleship coach on AM 1160. Hope for your life.